Ronnie James Dio, Ozzy Osbourne. What do people say? They say that Ozzy's a better singer. I feel like most people that I talk to that are kind of like not really all that well versed in heavy metal, they kind of like their heavy metal education comes from, you know, the greatest hits on the the radio. They don't have a heavy metal education. Their education is Ozzy's more famous, so clearly he's the better singer. Well, they know they know Iron Man, they know Paranoid, maybe they know War Pigs, and that's probably about the extent of it. And, you know, they they couldn't name a single. Are you talking just like the Sabbath comparison? Mainly, yeah. I mean, that's the reason those two dudes are compared to one another. They were both the lead singer for Black Sabbath. Um, you know, Dio replaced Ozzy, and then Ozzy came back and replaced Dio, and then ironically, Dio replaced Ozzy. But Ozzy also had solo success, which so, I think feeds into his the legend that yeah, it's Ozzy so Osbourne, and he had a TV show. That's the that's the big thing. Well, you know, I think Dio they, never had a face for TV. You could at least throw some purple glasses on Ozzy, and that's true. He would look somewhat. Although although Dio starred in um, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, and that was pretty fucking awesome. But Ozzy, I, I mean, yeah, he had the show, but Which I think Dio's that, big jam, Rainbow in the Dark. Rainbow in the Dark is probably Holy Diver, I think. I think Rainbow in the Dark is the one that gets the most radio play, but th that's a Dio album. Now, Paul, you said, like, Ozzy has the solo success, which he does, but I think Dio has, like, just as impressive a, a catalog outside of Black Sabbath as Ozzy does, if not more. Like, I'll take, I, you know, I'll go up against any Ozzy supporter, and they can name, you know, all their songs, and I can name a counter song to their song that Dio's done. Like, I don't think that any of Ozzy's songs are as good as Heaven and Hell. I think that's the best Sabbath song that there is. Um, we'll take your word for it. <laughs> Ozzy just had more mainstream appeal, uh, and Dio is more of the metalheads. Yeah, metal I think singer. so. You know, well, do, do you think that's how the opinion goes? The real hardcore metal guys are in Camp Dio. No, I actually don't. I, I the Dio Dome, if you will. <laughs> Dio's Disciples. That's a real band, man. Is it real? Is that a Ripper thing? Yeah. Because as I was saying that, I was like, "Why does this sound familiar?" Because it's real. Yeah. The Dio Disciples is uh, the last. At least it started out as the final um, lineup of Ronnie James Dio's solo band. Uh, Scott Warren on the keyboards, Craig Goldie on guitars. Um, don't know who the hell played bass. Uh, I and was just gonna say, you're such a metal nerd, but you just lost all that credit. Simon Wright uh, was. It doesn't matter now. Was on the drums, uh, and then they needed a singer, obviously. So uh, obviously it was Tim River Owens, uh, which Ronnie James Dio's wife, Wendy Dio was his manager, so it kind of made sense, but uh, the whole thing kind of existed with her blessing, and, and they would tour, and it was kind of like, it was pretty cool. Those shows were really good. I got my Metal 101 oh, back and forth from West Virginia. I, it was it was very pleasant. I liked it. I like 
hearing anybody talk passionately about something that they're well versed in and that they just really love. So I, I didn't. I, got the, I didn't let the music like overpower the conversation. He didn't at all, and I asked for it. He, he was like, "What do you want to listen to?" And I wanted to listen to what he wanted to. We listen put on to. a little a little Iced Earth radio, so we had a nice little mix there. I got the the history of Iced Earth, the different lead singers. I kind of got an idea of what they did. Heard some of their side projects, so I kind of got the full spectrum of yeah. that. Dominic and I. We're at the opposite end of the musical spectrum on our trips to and from West Virginia. Because once we accidentally stumbled across Yacht Rock on Sirius, it became it became our banner for the weekend. I didn't know that Yacht Rock was... That's a thing? That's just the name of the station? Yes, or like, like Y-A-C-H-T, the big boat. Yeah, yeah. Yacht, yeah. Like yacht what rock. you listen to when you're on a yacht. A lot of Hall and Oates. A lot of Steely Dan, some air supply, the softest rock you could get. (laughs) The softest of the soft rock, the yacht rock. It's cotton candy rock. (laughs) But they they were all songs that you've heard before. Right. Some 10cc, all songs we've heard before. So Dom and I just got our fucking chill on to and from West Virginia. Yeah, it sounds like pretty chill stuff. I like some Michael McDonald as much as the next man. We had uh, Michael McDonald on the way out and on the way back. Me and Dominic went to see Michael McDonald in concert. Who's his band? Uh, the Michael McDonald band? I don't know. We his, got them too. Like his band before he was in the um, Almond Brothers, or the Doobie Brothers, I'm sorry. No, it was, it was Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so... On on my drive in, I actually got a taste of um, coffee crotch. Uh, I wanted to share a story about that. Um, the lovely McDonald's in Monroeville, PA. Uh, Ian and I stopped there in the morning, first thing in the morning on uh, Saturday to get some coffee for the for the hour and forty minute drive to West Virginia. I dare say it is the <clears throat> official McSauce McDonald's because it's the one close to the Phantom of the Attic that we go to, also close to the They're convention parking center. parking lot neighbors. And it is the, it's a two-story two McDonald's, and we typically go early in the morning before conventions. We get sky view. We hang out upstairs, laugh. We, we watch laugh. the shenanigans in the parking lot. The McDonald's lot. skybox that overlooks beautiful we watch we watch the elderly patrons of mcdonald's almost hit everybody and wreck their cars is that the truth or what i mean mcdonald's in the morning is nothing but old people like it's like what you do when you get old like when we're in our 70s we're going to mcdonald's there's an arby's the arby's over here all it's like it's like the old hangout section they're always there's always at least two or three in there Mm mm-hmm are always just chilling. I mean, like, once I'm retired and I don't do anything else anymore, that's like my dream. Just hanging out at a fast food place all day, racing toward a heart attack. Because I think <laughs> what you do is you flip what you did in the twenty in your 20s, you hang out at the bar late at night. In your 70s and 80s, you hang out at McDonald's early in the morning. Matt, do you think you would choose an Eaton Park slash Denny's as your old man morning destination? You know, I, I would have to say that I would. I find that to be a little bit more comfortable. 
a little more inviting with the ambiance. Better food, more options. More service. True. That's the I need my coffee refilled like 16 times. Yeah. But so speaking of coffee, I wanted to tell you about my coffee crotch. So we order our coffee and Ian and I get on the highway and we're driving along. I'm the driver, Ian is the is the passenger. Buckled in, he wore a seatbelt. Responsible. Very responsible. And I'm a crazy driver, so that's a good driver. No, it was okay. I, I feel I did pretty well after I poured coffee all over my crotch. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how did I do? I thought there was a hole in the bottom of the cup. I was I was perplexed how that much coffee spilled all over my, my junk. Like, it wasn't a drip or something like that. It was like I took the cup and poured it on myself. I was like, man, Matt is so uncoordinated. <laughs> Dude, poured so, coffee far from his lip, right on his dick twice. <laughs> and it and it he looked even more uncoordinated coming from black man. I don't know. Great at athletics and drinking coffee. There is and a swimming bucking the trend. There is a narrative that I am super unathletic, so I, mean, I don't know. You know, just to provide the visual, you said that, you know, I missed cuz it went like much closer to my dick than my mouth, but I can get my mouth pretty close to my dick. To my dick, so it's it's not as as off as you think it is. But uh, makes it worse when you can get kind of close. Uh, <laughs> you stick your tongue out. You're like, oh, man, I was there. If I was Gene Simmons. Then, and then you take your thumb and put it on your tongue and then your finger on your dick. And you're like, okay, it's touching. <laughs> and then you come in your mouth. and what? Wait. <laughs> And then you go to work. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, so I was like, son of a bitch. I just, it's, it's gone through my jeans it went through my underwear (laughs) this is a horrible way to start a two-hour road trip and we're on the highway there's no pulling over construction highway like there there was no shoulder there was no like median it was just just narrow roads for miles i'm like this just sucks so i grab the 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 few napkins that we had available to us, and I'm rubbing around that area to clean Dude, it all napkins up. is generous. We had receipts and <laughs> gum wrappers. Yeah, yeah. And so I, we did our best, and I was like, those fucking assholes at McDonald's, they can't put a lid on properly. What, what complete... I mean, I realize, you know, it's not a $15 an hour paying job, although they want it to it's be or something. It's no Denny's. It's no Denny's, but I figure at least you can put on a lid properly to a hot beverage. I, like that's that's the the very basics of your of your responsibilities in that position. So Ian was like, "No, nah, I, I don't think the lid was on right. It, it's on tight now. I checked it." He was being placating. He really thought it was entirely your fault. Maybe. No, I thought the lid was on, dude. It was a water. It was a coffee fall right on his dick. I saw it out of the corner of my eye, so I grabbed the cup and like I I tighten it up. All right, this is like Niagara Falls, if you will. And I hand it back to my my good buddy. And I'm like, all right, you're good. And then I go. and then I just watch him and drink I, it because I'm like, 
It's going to be really funny if it pours out on him again. So, so I took another sip, pours out all over my dick again. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this coffee cup? I thought, there's definitely a hole in the bottom. I was furious. I was like, those jerks at McDonald's. Was that it at that point? It went out the window, you were done? I, you know what? I wanted to turn around and drive back to McDonald's and throw it in their face. And be like, you drink it. On your crotch. The coffee went out the window, not the empty cup, because we don't support highway litter on the McSauce podcast. So in theory, it went out the window, but it actually stayed in the it car. It stayed in the car. I drank a little bit more of it, but I was pretty agitated. I was. As you should have been. And uh, so I was like, Ian, what the hell's wrong with this fucking coffee? So he, he takes the lid off to look at it, and wouldn't you know, it looks like somebody bit a hole in the rim of the cup. Right where your mouth hole is on the lid. So perfectly positioned. Perfectly. So the lid, the rim of the lid, while it went around the rim of the cup, it was like there was a secret compartment hole under the rim. And when you like tip the cup back, you just poured coffee on yourself. Motherfuckers at McDonald's. Even if that is a prank, it's terrible because the pranker isn't there to appreciate it you don't get to see it totally the end felt result. Like it. it felt it, like it somebody on like loosening the it wasn't the lid. It, was it, just a it, it wasn't on purpose this is in as i was going to sheets this morning i realized how this happened you're pulling the cup out of the cup holder which is you know it, it's sideways and you plop it out and sometimes the rim or part of the cup gets stuck on the plastic that's holding the cup in and if you pull really hard it could dent the cup which is what happened to me this morning. And I was like, oh shit, that's why this happened to Matt. And I threw the cup away. I gently pulled the new cup out. But if I were a McDonald's employee, not making $15 an hour, not giving a fuck, early Saturday morning, Monroeville, PA, godforsaken Monroeville, PA. Oh, I like Monroeville. I'm just putting the lid on, I'm handing it out, and I'm like, fuck you. That's what they said to me. That's what they said. Fuck you. Fuck. Are you guys ready to start the show? Let's start the show now. Welcome to episode 118 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hello. It is Monday night, August 24th. And if this is your first time listening fresh off of the West Virginia Pop Culture Comic Con, we normally don't start with a cold open. This is the official start of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. So tonight we're going to talk a little WV PopCon recap, and we're going to get into a little segment that we like to call What You've Been Reading. But before we get into What You've Been Reading, Ian, what do we do? I don't know. What do we do? We do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Ah, yes. Good old housekeeping. For those of you that might be new, you want to go to mcsauce.com to check out the source of all of the McSauce goodness. We have our 
webcomic there that was the first thing that we that we focused on. We later branched out to this beautiful podcast. And we also review comic books on the site as well. You can go to the Facebook page. That's our main business strategy. So if you go to facebook.com, we update constantly there. You can find news about films, comic books, general pop culture, funny memes, photos of us doing silly, hilarious things. So go to uh, facebook.com forward slash McSauce to check out that. You can find the podcast in a variety of different ways. You can go to iTunes and download us from there. You can also go to Podomatic. You can download the show from Podomatic or stream it. And I like to do Stitcher. Stitcher is an app. Yeah. Yeah, that's my new Stitcher's thing, man. Jam? Stitcher's You're not my using, thing. Uh, the the Apple. I still podcast? no. I've been doing Stitcher lately. It's been it's been treating me really good. Here's on why, all of my podcasts. Here's why I like iTunes. Because I have the pause play key on my keyboard. Because ninety eight percent of the time I'm listening on my laptop. I don't get that function with Stitcher or Automatic or Libsyn. Good story. Yeah, well... I like the convenience of with the hit of a button, I'm able to pause, go to the bathroom, without taking my laptop with me. That's true. And if there there wasn't that that key on your keyboard, you could never pause it. There's no other way around it. Well, listening to the Gearbox Union has been a pain in the ass for a year because it was always streaming from their site. Now they're on iTunes, and now it's a pleasure (laughs) listening to those gents and ladies. And that's great for all of you that can just sit and leisurely listen to things. If you're home-based and you're listening to things, that's great. But I'm a man that's on the go. I'm always moving. I'm in my car. I'm walking around. I'm doing things. Stitcher has a great car. You're at Arby's prepping for being an old man. That's true. They have a great car mode where it has big buttons. So when I'm driving in my car, and I'm listening and to I'm a being fantasy the, football podcast, of oh, course I fucking am. Dork. The the buttons are large. You can hit them. You can go back thirty seconds. You can leap forward thirty seconds. You can do whatever you want. Stitcher Radio, probably the best. Do you? Device. Do you play it at a faster speed? No, those are those people that do that. Dwayne are communists. You have to listen to the show as it was originally recorded, as it was meant to be. Because when you do that, especially with shows like ours, which have a lot of comedy, a lot of fun times, you miss the nuance of the joke. You miss the com- comedic timing. Yeah, I've I've never been a fan of like. The speeding it up one once or twice. Yeah, I hate I gotta that. listen to it as it's happening. It's like recording a sporting event. I can't do it. I need to watch yeah. it. Either watch it when it's happening, or not at all. So those I are the ways. I was wondering where you were gonna go with the other one, knowing that you can't watch it after it's recorded. So you can either watch it while it's <laughs> happening, and I was like, is he gonna say it before it's happening? But that can't be. Well, Paul has a DeLorean. So, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, so those are the ways to find us. Go to mixsauce.com as well as the Facebook page and find all the different 
venues and... You know, I feel like if Paul did have a DeLorean, he would treat it much the way Biff Tannen treated the DeLorean. But wouldn't we all? Like, I would do that. I think about that all the time. You wouldn't do it for good? You wouldn't go back in time and, like, kill Osama Bin Laden or something like that? No, I'd totally go back and bet on sporting events. Like, I would do that. I really would. But then with the money that you have accumulated, you would do good things with it. I would buy the love of famous famous women mm-hmm. and prostitutes. Do famous women love sports prognosticators? They yes, they do. All right, all right. So how the fuck are you gonna go back and kill Osama bin Laden? You go back in time. So wait, you how just, are you? How, like, how are you going? But you're get going there? back. You're going back as yourself. Like I'm not confident that you could do that, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm just not. I appreciate the sentiment. You have a good noble heart. Out of everybody, but let's here. Ian and I are being honest. Like we're gonna do blow and fuck hookers <laughs> in the past. <laughs> we're gonna... <laughs> like we're gonna travel to our favorite time periods yeah, to do that. In the '70s, they had bushes everywhere. Yeah, but. <laughs> Bushes are known to be disease-ridden. Don't care. Not whatever. whenever you're on blow. If you're got an iron constitution. Ah. Would you snort cocaine out of their out of their seventies? Yeah, bush? because it would get stuck in there, and then you get some later on as a surprise. Like, oh shit! I think that's it? called the drip. Is that what it's called? I think so. When you catch some leftover coke? I think, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's like leftover. It's the drip. Mixos drug podcast. Not that I not that I know. What I would honestly try to do that I don't think would work very well mm-hmm. is I'd be like, I'd be like, all right, it's 19, it's 1983. And in five years, Sweet Child of Mine is going to be a gigantic hit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna write it before Axl Rose does. Do you think that you could perform it like that? No. Okay. Not even a little bit. But I'd have to find some song that I could get away with, and that way I could live off royalties for the rest of my life. Was it the song that was very popular, or was it Axl Rose? That so was you're Craig popular? Robinson from not, Hot Tub Time Machine. It's not specifically Axl Rose or Sweet Child of Mine, but just name any single that we hear all the time over and over again. I saw the sign. They had a couple good songs. Ace of Bass had a couple good jams, but yeah. Macarena. Right? There was even a Macarena reference this weekend at the WV PopCon. He just heard it for the first time. Oh, I'm just joking, West Virginia. We love you. Are we still in housekeeping? (laughs) No, we're out. We're out. We should probably talk about... This is a great segue. West Virginia PopCon that we went to this weekend. It was Saturday and Sunday. and say that I really liked... I'd never been to Morgantown. I really liked it. I was surprised at how much I liked it. It being a college town isn't exactly my speed. However, the town itself was incredibly, like, inviting, I thought. I thought it was just a nice overall vibe to it but we didn't see the part of the town that wasn't your speed our our the the official mcsauce watering hole of morgantown yeah was the iron horse tavern 
That's the first time that you've ever gotten it correct. I was fucking up the name of that place all weekend. You were calling it, like, I forget what you were, like, the War... War Horse, horse War or... something. But, like, it was... It was really nice. The atmosphere was cool. It yeah. wasn't a bunch of drunk college kids losing their minds. It, we saw some of those. We did. And, like, I... I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to Grand Theft Auto some of them and drive over them, but I didn't. Is that because they made fun of our matching shirts? We were walking down the street after Four the Iron Horse Saloon, and we're walking back to the parking garage where we had left our cars. And the four of us—Dom, Ian, Paul, and myself—were walking down the street, and some college asshole started making fun of us because we were all wearing McSauce shirts. As they should. It's their right. They would be yeah, shirking on their duties if they didn't do that. Yeah, I suppose so, but fucking asshole. I feel like if we would have turned around and, like, grabbed him by the shirt, he would have been immediately apologetic. I don't think he was even making fun of us I that think hard. He I because think what so he said was, was like, there you guys go, unity, or something like that. Right. And like, that's funny. Matt took straight offense to it. Did he really? Like, I thought it was that's a funny. Good joke. I was like, I, was, I, got, I got you, buddy. I was like, you're right. That's on me for <laughs> wearing the same shirt. As that guy would guys. not be fun to hang out with. However, no, but that was still fun, a good job. He joke. would be fun to run over. Just saying. Were you that mad? Come on. No, I wasn't that mad, but fuck them. <laughs> but anyway, Morgantown was really nice. Had a real historic but updated vibe. Really clean, clean town. Right. Lots of fun places to go. But you know what? Everybody was very pleasant. Even the hobos were nice. Yeah, that's true. They really were. But you know what, Ian? We weren't there just to do sightseeing. We were there to take over PopCon, which we did. Let's face it. Yeah, we were... We crushed it. Paul, what were some of the highlights for you? Oh, Matt. The list. The list is numerous. <clears throat> give, me the, give me the top 20. A couple... Well, it was really great seeing our buddy Josh Bomber. Josh Bomber. You can find him on... Instagram under Bombtron Art has some really weird stuff, but really fucking good. The quality of his paintings is stellar. He had a great weekend. He deserved every bit of it. Great guy, great artist. So go check out Bombtron Art. I he's got a store somewhere. I'm sure you can find that from the Instagram. Maybe yeah, we don't have that do on some, hand, but maybe Ian's gonna do some uh, research right now. It was great seeing Bomber for the weekend. We used to work with him, but. We don't anymore, so it was nice to see him. Um, we got... Our table was positioned, so we got a front row seat for the cosplay contest on Saturday and Sunday. I wouldn't call it a front row seat, considering well, there were 18 rows of humans in front of us blocking any semblance of a view that we may have had otherwise. But we did get to see the majority of... and I'm sure I'm calling this the wrong thing. But the majority of the West Virginia chapter of Dagahir, which is LARPing with foam swords, where you can really hit somebody mm. and they have to pretend they lose an arm or a leg. And that was infinitely entertaining for us. It made the weekend. I loved it. 
We we don't naming... want, we don't want to do it. Oh, we don't, do we? Not like not for real. Not like the real people that do it. Like we want to do it because we think it would provide a full episode of entertainment. But I'm not gonna go start building my foam uh, double sided lightsaber. Yeah, we were we were having such a good time with it. We were giving we were night knighting people. We were we were drafting different players. Who we when they broke when they they were at first they had they broke everyone up to two sides. It was one side of the hall against the other side, and then they would meet in battle. But when they broke it down to the one on one tournament, that's when the magic happened. Because that when that's when you could pick your player. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, we, we had several favorites. I mean, there was Sir Stashalot. The, we, win, the we, winner of the weekend. We Let's didn't know honest. any of these people, so we had, to, we had to give them all names based on their wardrobe or facial hair decisions. Sir Stashalot. <sighs> where, where, where do, I, where do we begin? Let's just, for the listeners... Sir Stashalot looked like Hitler if Hitler grew more than the Charlie Chaplin mustache. He did, but he was like a whimsical, he childlike was, Hitler. He was way more loose. Like, he was just feeling the weekend. Like, he was right. part of the universe around him. I feel right. like yeah, he was. Hitler had the memento disease where he forgot where he was every, like, ten minutes and in mid-combat, he would just kind of stop and, like, look around. And just take the whole scene in. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he spaced out a little bit. There were the hardcore guys that were running the show uh, trying to recruit other people and into doing it. And then you had a handful of cosplayers that were just there for the weekend that were interested. So they were taking part. You had some random con <laughs> attendees, like the Vacation Brothers. <laughs> right. Rolled up in their t-shirts, cargo pants, and flip-flops. Right. My attire. I felt very kin to the vacation. And you were from the land of Vacatia. Right. To, to Sir Vacation and Squire Vacation. Yeah. They were defending your honor. And they like they put in some time over there. And they, they like did. we had we got to witness this huge battle with all these different characters. Yep. And that really made a lot of Saturday just float. Saturday was great fun. Uh you know, I, I feel one of the um, one of the unsung heroes of the day was uh, Pink Shield Squire, which was Squire Pink Shield. Squire Pink Shield. Sorry, I got it reversed. Uh, Squire Pink Shield was was the youngest of the warriors. Um, I would probably peg him as ten years old, with a with a with a little round face of bravery as he, he took on Cherubic. Yeah, it really was. It, he looked like he was a little drawing. And, um, you know, he had, like, an apologetic look to his face at the same time. But He was learning. But he was brave nonetheless. He took on much larger foes. He got his ass handed to him. Yeah, but in ten years, he's going to be a total badass. Oh, yeah, that's your... That's your... LARPing fantasy draft. If, if you're playing LARPing Dynasty, Diamond in the Rough, then you <laughs> go with, you know, my pick, the deep, deep pick. You take him super late, he's a sleeper. You take Squire Pink Shield in like the 12th round, thank me next year. 
Yeah, he's a guy that's gonna pay off <laughs> when he's Sir Pink Shield. We had a really good time watching the LARPers. Um, I didn't drink any water all weekend. I realized this morning when I started drinking water again. For the last two days, all I had were Venom Energy drinks and Pepsi. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that, not, yeah, that's not mountain, where I thought. A couple Mountain Dews thrown in for good measure. That's, oh, I, uh, that's not what I was thinking either. Would you like I, a third try? I had uh, I had plenty of, I think they were called Brookside, Saison, uh, Pale Ales. There we go. A couple shots of tequila. Yeah. But no water. That was nonsense. Right. Ian, what was your highlight? Other than LARP Fest 15, because uh, yeah, that was in, everyone's highlight. I was going there. I really like the Barbecue Beast. It was a barbecue truck that was set up outside the convention. Had some great eats there. Had some really wonderful onion rings. Some some nice fresh off the, uh, the barbecue rack pulled pork sandwiches and I went I, I liked it so much the first day I talked to my good buddy Matt I said you need to come with me and have some of this barbecue so you know what I did I went with you went out and got pizza and I got yeah I got pizza did you no <laughs> that I, pizza was fucking good. I went with Ian and I got um I got a barbecue sandwich and it was great although where did I get the burrito from the day before Black, Black Bear, bear burrito. That was fucking amazing. Black Bear chicken burrito. That was even better than the pulled pork sandwich. And you were brave enough because right as we were getting ready to order from Black Bear, we had a convention goer walk by and say, totally overrated. Yeah, well, let me tell you something, miss. There is no account for taste when it comes to what the McSauce Comical Podcast likes to eat. And I thought the burritos were delicious. So that just goes to show different strokes for different folks, Ian. That's true, Matt. What what did you like? What was your favorite stroke of the weekend? Well, my favorite stroke of the weekend was uh, sharing a bed with Dom. Cal <laughs> <laughs> uh, Domula? Let me just tell you something. And please, I think we should post it to the Facebook page. <laughs> Dom fell asleep on his stomach on Saturday night, uh, and I had to share a bed with him. And when we woke up, he was the last of us to to get up for the morning he was sleeping on his back under the covers completely and just his head was poking oh, I, out I, po I posted it on my twitter did you mm -hmm. he looked dead he looked like he was a corpse in a, a casket at a he funeral was, home he was uh, plank straight on his back his feet were together his, his arms were crossed on his chest and the covers were wrapped around him that it looked like he was but, shrouded in mummy-like. But his his face... He did. His face wasn't... Like, his head wasn't turned on the side or anything. His his head was perfectly straight. Uh, like, it, it just looked so unnaturally uncomfortable. Um, At Gint underscore McSauce. <laughs> medium photos. It's one of the fir first ones up there. It It's... I'm posting this to the Facebook page. It was just as well. too funny. It was too funny. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, but 
You know, one of my highlights actually. Are you looking at the picture? What? Yeah. <laughs> I was so careful not to like touch under the covers with. Because let's face it, those beds were small. They were basically twins. They were basically twin-sized beds. For the Altoona convention earlier this year, we had the same room set up, two beds, but I feel like those were queens. Like these were at least these were fools. They were fools, yeah. But they felt small when, like Dom and I got there the first night, and we went in, and I just looked at it like, I, I gotta share this with Ian. <laughs> and the first night, I was all over it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think we we've done this twice this year. <laughs> we're pretty good at keeping on our own side. Yeah. Did we, you did you accidentally I, touch? I don't over? think we touched. I really Couple don't. Times. Couple, Couple times, times yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know. Now, now, more importantly, Paul, did you make any any weird noises or anything I as you were drifting off to I sleep? I don't think so, but I didn't know that I did it the first time at Altoona either. Um, you, it was the... totally you, because I was awake and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> but but it went unsaid until the next morning. And I was well, because I wasn't sure if you were still awake, Matt. Okay. And Paul. <laughs> Was facing me and made a. Facing me. He was like, whoa. <laughs> I think that's kind of like that. whimpering. It, it was sound. a whimpering, like, kind of giggle. Like, it was like, like that. And I was like, oh, no. What's <laughs> happening in there? So I said the next morning, I said, look, I don't know who that was, but I felt bad for the other person who it wasn't. But, uh, so if I had to pick a highlight of the show, um, Aside, so Paul, I think you picked the uh, the obvious winners, the uh, LARP Fest 2015, and um, and seeing our good friend Josh Bomber and all the success the success that he had this weekend. Um, you know, at the end of the day on Sunday, I I had a conversation with a Pittsburgh painter named Byron Winton, and Byron Winton is a um, he's a guy out of Lawrenceville, um, which is like a neighborhood in Pittsburgh um, <clears throat> and he paints horror themed type paintings um, some sci-fi mixed in there but he's really a horror guy and it was kind of a, a nice conversation that I had with him and I felt like we kind of thought that maybe we could set something up here in the near future to do some kind of little recording that we can put on the show. So that's something to look forward to. Um, I know we're going to see him at the Pittsburgh Comic Con in a few weeks. Um, so, you know, check back in for that because uh, he's a hell of a painter. Um, and we'll have a lot more to, to say about him after we, we record with him. But. Well, what was really cool is he had some of his sketches along with it. And, and when I say sketches, they were finished beautifully rendered pencil drawings on Bristol board. They were really great. It was nice to see his process, talk to him a little bit about how he goes through and constructs his paintings. It was really, really wonderful to talk to him. Yeah. Um, if you go to Urban Night by Design, that's Urban Night, N-I-T-E, by design.com. We'll post this on the Facebook page. What, what I would like to at least point out for the listeners is that, 
you know, if there's something specific that you want us to talk to him about, if there's anything you want to hear about, whether it's, you know, his process or maybe his inspirations or whatever, his background, let us know. So that way we know how to kind of steer things. Um, he's a really interesting guy to talk to. So I think that's something to look forward to in the near future. And we would be remiss not to mention 501st Legion. Western Pennsylvania's premier Imperial Star Wars cosplay. Uh, our good friends Gina and Becca were there all weekend. And we got to hang out. We got, they had a huge display. Uh, every con they go to, they do a shoot the Imperial bit for charity where they had a really cool Death Star hallway background. And you get to shoot them with Nerf guns, and most of the like the Imperial gunners and the snowtroopers, they all have face masks and everything, so you can shoot them in the face, you can shoot them in the nuts. It's awesome. So they have it's way masks. more. It's way more cathartic than you would think <coughs> it is. I've I've done it a handful of times now. Completely entertaining. But uh, Gina and Becca are great. Uh, they're huge supporters of the show, and um, one of the great things about this was our fourth convention this year. We've done Philly, Altoona, Steel City, and now WV PopCon. And what's great is building the relationships with the other vendors that are there, like guys like Garrett Free, um, people that you just see on a, on a on a regular basis. You develop these con relationships, and you know I feel like we're really part of this community now. You know the Western Pennsylvania tri-state community and. Um, so, you know, a lot of the fun is going to meet new people and selling the product, but it's also just as much fun seeing people that you've met before and cultivating those relationships. So, yeah, and really great to see everyone this it's, weekend. It's pretty cool because no matter where we go, it kind of feels like it's home in a way because we, we know so many people there. <clears throat> we walked through the door and there were, you know, two or three familiar faces as soon as you walk in. It makes you feel super comfortable, excited to, you know, have have a great convention right from the start because your friends are all there. Right, and, and a couple times this weekend I got, oh, McSauce guys are here. Of course we're here. Where'd you think we were going to be? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite story about that is from Steel City Con, when we weren't actually even involved. Our friends Dylan and Darcy had a table next to us, and on the Thursday before the convention, they were setting up. We had already set our table up. Paul and Dominic had taken the time to set the table up. And as Dylan and Darcy were putting their table together, setting everything up, some other oh, fellow, yeah. some other fellow uh, vendors walked by and saw the McSauce brand and said, "Fuck, these guys are here! Didn't we tell them about Steel City Con?" And walked away. I wish we, we knew who, who they were. Was? We don't no, know who they were. They, Darcy and Dylan didn't get their names. We have no idea who they were. Oh, but it wasn't Nerd Exchange because they weren't. They, they weren't did there. they say it in a in a like a with reverence or was it it was probably like that disgust. asshole that made fun of us for wearing matching shirts oh that son of a bitch no I, I'm, I'm sure it was in you know reverence and jest ah those guys are here those assholes waka waka that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice way to think of us that other people you know don't like, hate us yeah we, that they like us but that's a, I mean 
Lovable assholes. That's us. That's fair. Yeah. So we had a great time. It being away on business made it hard to read some books the last couple days. But I think we've all read a couple comics over the last week or so. Couple weeks. Yeah. Maybe we each have something we can talk about, and that's what we're here to do. If you've made it this far into the show, now we're gonna talk about comics. We're gonna do what we do best and talk shit on some stuff. <laughs> so, which one of you fine gentlemen wants to lead us off? I can lead. Um, I read. Matt, can you untuck your ears from your hat? Does that bother you? Immensely. I was waiting. way more than I thought it would when you first did it. I but the was... longer I sit here looking at you, the more I'm like, why are you doing that? Well, I originally did it because I thought it would annoy you. No, <laughs> you didn't. Yes, I did. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, and I was oh, we waiting know each for other you. so well. <clears throat> it looks super uncomfortable, man. It is, but I wanted, <clears throat> I wanted Paul, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> I wanted Paul to comment on it before I could untuck it. I think the main problem <clears throat> is that it accentuates the bottom portion of your ear. Oh, is it big? It pops the bottoms out. It makes the earrings and everything look abnormally large. Good thing my ears don't stick out. I think we've all got normal ears. Yeah. I don't think there's any odd weirdness no. in the studio. <laughs> I recently read um, a Stephen King book called, oh. called Mercedes Man. Uh, I finished it uh, it's a new one. Last Sunday. Yeah, it's a new one. Um, really good book. It's a thriller. It's not It's not a horror movie. And what it's about is it's about... It follows two different storylines. It follows a psychopathic killer that... The reason why it's called Mercedes Man is because this asshole... Is it called Mercedes Man, Matt? Yeah. Is it called Mr. Mercedes? Mr. Mercedes. It's called Mr. Mercedes, everyone. Uh, you would think I would know the title having read it. Paul, have you read this yet? I haven't. I'm way backed up, backed up on my Stephen King reading. So, um, so in Mr. Mercedes, uh, the one of the main characters is the killer, and what he does is he he steals a Mercedes and he runs over. Uh, a crowd of people and murders I don't remember how many let's say 10 on purpose yes on purpose he he went out to have fun and kill people and somehow he got away with it he was never found then the story follows the the retired police officer that is trying to catch him uh, and that kind of never did and retired and then sort of gets pulled back into the fray because Mr. Mercedes kind of resurfaces, and uh, it's it's good. It's a thriller. Um, just when the book felt like kind of in the middle there, it was starting to get a little bit boring, because it was almost like they were adding this romantic angle to it. Shit got real again, and, and it pulled you right back in, and by the end of the book, the last several chapters, you just, it, you can't put it down. It's like, oh my god, oh my god, what's gonna happen? It's, um, I particularly liked reading the, the perspective of the killer. I thought that his story was really kind of disturbing, but yet fascinating. 
Um, this might be... This might be my favorite Stephen King book I've read. I, I haven't read a lot, but it, it... I read Joyland last summer, and that was pretty good. But this was really good. Have you read any of the classics? No, only parts of the classics. And none of them have ever grabbed me. So, like, you know, I've tried Cujo. I've tried... Cujo's a pretty quick read. Is it? Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the... It's way shorter one? than Mr. Mercedes. Yeah, Mr. Mercedes was much longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, what was the one with the, the, kind of the fantasy one? Not the gunslinger, but, like, something, Dragon. Eyes of the Dragon. Eyes of the Dragon. Couldn't get into that. Because that's more of a chi- uh, children's book, isn't it? It's kind of, like, teen children's centric, I think. Um, no, it's just a fantasy. It's a fantasy book, but it's different. You sure it wasn't written for like one of his kids. It's different than what he normally does. So, Eyes of the Dragon isn't your basic Stephen King book. Um, I've tried to read uh, The Gunslinger, couldn't get into it. Um, you know why? No. Because The Gunslinger is terrible. Oh. When you pick it up in the second book of the Dark Tower series. That's when everything takes off. That's when everything gets interesting. I think that's insane that that you would have to read a book and a half till it starts getting good. Like I'm sure that wasn't the plan. You know what? I'm going to write this boring piece of shit and hope people stick around for number two. I'm sure it wasn't the plan, too, but, man, that is a hell of a commitment. You know, that's why shit fails. Well, what's, what's nice is that The Gunslinger is the shortest book of that series. Uh-huh. So you can even... You can blow through it relatively quick, and I say relatively because you're not going to want to sit down, and it's not a page turn. I think The Gunslinger actually was originally a set of short stories that were in magazines, Ah. and then were kind of like, he he wrote them for that, and it was something that he always had something in, you know, brewing, and he was like, ah, you know, I'm going to turn this into something larger, and that series spans... It, it, it started in the 70s and it, it went until the like mid 2000s yeah so it had time oh, wow. to marinate and grow into something that was really really expansive and, and gripping um I think that uh, basically when you have to like the gunslinger series or the the dark tower series Paul you're saying it gets good like after the first one. I'm sure that's what Josh Trank said about the Fantastic Four. He's like, no, 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 this is a piece of shit, but trust me, Fantastic Four Part 2 is going to be so good. Well, what's nice is that The Dark Tower is a proven commodity. It is a critically acclaimed story. Uh huh. And even though sensible guys like Ian and I think The Gunslinger is kind of boring, the rest of the story is really fucking good. What's yeah. hilarious about my reading of The Gunslinger is I bought the book... And I read up till I think the final chapter, and for years I didn't finish the book because wow. it was just boring. I, I honestly want to say for eight years Holy I crap. just didn't finish the story. When I finally finished that last chapter, I was like, this might be kind of cool. I jumped into the second book, and that, like you said, Paul, is really where it kicks into high gear, and it takes all the like fantasy and dimension travel stuff that happens, and that's when I got hooked, blazed through the rest of the series in about a year, I, I think. 
You know, Stephen King is not my favorite writer by any means. I think his style doesn't fit what I traditionally like. Like, I like his stories, but I don't like the way he tells his stories. I think that they are cumbersome. I think they're overly descriptive sometimes, and I just want shit to, like, go. I feel like the way Mr. Mercedes ended, it kind of did that. Um, but Well, that's generally a knock on Stephen King, is that he really takes his time places he doesn't need to take time. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But anyway, that's what I read. Um, like I said, I finished it uh, about a week ago, and I really liked it. I really did. I think that um, if anybody's interested in kind of a thriller type of thing, you can't go wrong with this book. You really can't. I think there's a handful of Stephen King books from the east wing of the McGinty Library that you'd be interested in. Interesting. Okay. Like, quick, some of the quick read, which is in, well, like, Cell, which is a more modern book. That's a pretty quick read about Stephen King's own version of a zombie apocalypse. That's cool. Yeah, I... Mean, um, I a few years ago, I started from the very beginning, and I've been reading each book chronologically. Mm -hmm. So I've, he's got a healthy resume. I have a long way to go before I get to Mr. Mercedes. I hope you get to it sooner than later, because I'm interested to see what you think of it. I want to start blazing through some stuff once I get through this fucking Edgar Allan Poe book. Is that what you've been reading? Torturous. I love Torturous. that you read things that you don't like. That because I want to, I want to know, I want to, I, I want to know what it's all about. I want to understand it. I want to consume it in its entirety. <coughs> I don't want to be like, oh, I read The Raven. I read Annabelle Lee. No, I want to read fucked up shit like the murder, the Rue Morgue and bummer stuff like that. That's Murders just in the Rue Morgue. Murder to get through. But if they're not good and they don't entertain you then why are you putting yourself through that? So you can say that you read them? So that I know, unequivocally, that this is not good. But you already know. You've already made your... It's not going decision. to get any better. But there's plenty of stories in the complete works that are good, but I won't know them unless I read them. Well, Dracula work out for you. Dracula sucks. Dracula sucks. Go watch Salem's Lot. And that's all you need. You or you can watch read. Keanu Reeves and yeah, Gary Oldman I, I, in Dracula yeah, and get it done I in two so. hours. I like that movie. I like that movie, too. Well, like, so one of the biggest problems with Dracula movies is that somehow they always wind up going to kill him at dusk. Very dumb. Very, Go very dumb. Go in the fucking morning. Set your alarm. Well... That's kind of what they do in Bram Stoker's Dracula. It, it the clock's ticking down at the at the climax, but when it ends, the sun's just setting. Yeah, like like, and is it gonna take that long? Like, can you can't you knock it out in an afternoon? You go in the middle of the day. So I like, can handle that in a way with that book. I'm I'm glad they didn't force the suspension or make the characters dummies. And, oh, 8 o'clock, I guess we better get going. Uh, we're going to miss it. Oh, shit, it's it's spring hours. It gets dark at 5. We're fucked. Uh, 
Yeah, in, in a way, I'm glad there were no weird horror tropes like that with it. But overall, it was just it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I guess that's Salem's what Lot's good. Yeah, Salem's Lot's good. Super creepy. Never read it. Uh, that's over there too. Did you ever see the movie Vampires? John Carpenter's Vampires. Mm-hmm. No. Damn good vampire movie. Does that have James Wood? James Woods plays the hero of the movie. Like, James Woods, you don't ordinarily think of him as the main hero good guy protagonist, right? You think of him maybe as the antagonist in a lot of instances, or more of like a peripheral character. But we talk about vampires at some point? I don't Uh, know. We probably have. But what I want to say is that movie was good. It was scary. Uh, It it was a, a really cool representation of how vampire hunters might work. Paul, like you said, they go to the house first thing in the morning at the crack of dawn, and they start pulling these fucking vampires out of the nest, if you will, the house that they're all, like, sleeping in, and they're pulling them out with, like, they shoot them with crossbows, and then they, like, tie it to a wench, or a winch on a, um... A wench. A convention. On a, on a truck, and they, and they like pull them out and then they fry in the sun uh and it's like i feel like that's the way it would be actually no what what it would be is somebody drives to the house of the bulldozer and just <laughs> like knocks the house over and the sun gets them all is john bon jovi in that i think so he's in vampires i believe so is he one of the hunters or i don't remember but i would imagine or is he a vampire i would think that he got turned Huh. I, I, this is a guess because I haven't seen it I don't in a long time. I but I do remember him being in it. JBJ? That's definitely him. I never saw it. I don't know what he's doing in there. I, I don't remember, but um, but anyway, it, it was cool. It was dead a cool or alive. Oh! Zinger. Zinger. Alright, so that's what you read, Paul, recently? Edgar Allan Poe? I've been struggling through that, but I need to I need to give a huge, huge nod of approval to Stuart Eminem's Star Wars number eight. The on- ongoing series. Jason Aaron's been writing it for the last eight issues. He's not going anywhere. But critically acclaimed, John Cassidy is off the book, and I couldn't be fucking happier. I didn't know I wanted Cassidy off the book until I saw Eminem's artwork. And I'm sure it's just a personal preference, but Eminem fucking kills it, crushes it. Him and um, Von Grubadger on inks and Justin Ponzer on colors, the whole art team just flipped this whole book around for me. Because for for the first seven issues, I'm like, you know what, this is kind of silly. But something about the way Stuart Eminem and this art team puts it together, even weird stuff like... Santa Solo, Hans, estranged maybe wife. Even that stuff kind of, like, their work gives it some legitimacy. Not movie legit- legitimacy, but it makes it way more interesting, way more fun to read. Like, this was the first issue of Star Wars since Marvel rebranded it a few months ago that I was all in, and I can't wait to get the next one. Yeah, I, I think that I agree with you. I love John Cassidy, but his work pales in comparison 
to what Stuart Eminem's doing here with this book. And I think that it's because Cassidy really wanted to get that photorealistic vibe to it. I feel when people are trying to make sort of caricatures work in a book, the best thing to do is do draw it as if it's in your style, but find a way to marry it with making it look like the person, but still in your style. Stuart Eminent hit it on the head with this. Shots of Leia, shots of Han Solo. Han Solo's body language when he's talking about how it's, wait a second, it's not my wife, and just, just the way he's posed in a lot of the different panels. Um, I think that this is also the prettiest Leia that I've seen in these new Because Star it looks Wars like books. pretty Carrie Fisher, not right. pretty Terry and Rachel Dodson artwork. Right. Because in the six-issue Mark Wade Dodson's Leia run, no one, no one looked like themselves. Like, everyone just looked like how Terry and Rachel Dodson draw characters. Which is fine. I think they draw pretty characters. But if I'm reading a Star Wars book, I want to see Carrie Fisher. I want to see Harrison Ford. I want to see Mark Hamill. Yeah, Stuart Eminem. Um, for me... Alex Maleev's doing a great job in Lando. Yeah. Because it is clearly Billy D. Williams. But it's also in that style. Alex Maleev, he, right. a lighter version of what he does, but still in his style. And I think that's the key. Do what you do. Don't try to go outside of, you know, and try to make this look exactly like a photo that you saw. Stuart Eminem, with this book, just looking through some of these pages, man, he, man, he's doing some great work. It might be some of my favorite comic book work in, in a while. Between reading... This issue of Star Wars and then Jason Faybook's Justice League. Like I was treated to two high to two top shelf comics this week. Because their artwork is just astounding. Like That's I, a I love their style. Top shelf comics. Is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well I, I meant the good bottles of liquor type type comic book artwork. Right, right. This art in this book was so good that I barely know what was going on in the actual book. I wasn't really paying attention to the story because I was just taken I was just all in with what the book looked like, I, how great the art was. The whole time I was reading it, I was like, Matt's gonna fight me on this. Because there is, like, there are panels that are well, he looked at a picture of this person for this, but it looks it's, it's Different enough that it's like oh. nothing. I, I don't like see those panels from at Google all, man. He's he's not Google Im imaging any of these panels. I don't think it's 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 a combination of what he sees, just distilled into his artwork. Having looked at the at Paul's copy of Star Wars number eight, eight for about a minute and a half, I tend to agree with what he what Paul just said that. You know, some things look totally photo referenced. Other things look much more in a in that artist's style. I think it looks good. I don't think that John Cassidy was all that wonderful on it, to be honest. Like he was good, but John Cassidy works better as a cover artist anymore. I don't feel like he puts the time into every panel. Of every comic book, like he too, when he was a, a younger artist, 
maybe trying to make a name for himself. Um, you see that level of perfection in his covers, but on the interiors, there's a drop-off. And um, if that's what's going to happen, let another artist do it, because I think they could be better suited. And, you know, I think if there's one thing that you could kind of criticize Cassidy for, it's that some of his drawings lack that uh, energy that, that maybe somebody like Stuart Eman can provide. I wasn't all that happy with Cassidy's work. Like, some panels were great, and other panels were like, why is the bottom of Han's face so good? Well, I, I think, don't think so either, man. I'll tell you what, let, let me just say this about Cassidy. I think if you want to see John, um, John Cassidy's best comic book artwork, go find uh, the, the comic book called Planetary. Uh, back when it first started, I believe it was still an image comic at the time. It may have still just been Wildstorm, um, but everything from from the front cover all the way through, the artwork is incredible. What's I would call planetary. planetary, and Planetary was great, but I think that he really hit his stride with Astonishing X Men and the Gifted series, with where he joined with Joss Whedon. You all know Joss Whedon, director of the two Avengers movies. Join with him. I thought that his artwork on those books, those that really run, good. was my favorite. Planetary is great, but if I had to pick, Astonishing X-Men. Those were both good. And, and, but you know what? The point is, they're both better than what he did on Star Wars. Yeah. By, by yeah. a lot. And, yeah. and it's, it's such a shame, man. I mean... Do we think it's a lazy thing? Do we think it's an age thing? Like, I feel like some of these artists that we love for so long just get fat and happy, and they don't want to put the work into well, the like, interior panels. Look, this podcast is about to come full circle. But it's it's like bands, right? Like, once they kind of get that, that, that payday, there's a, a hunger that doesn't exist, and it doesn't, like, transcend through the, the art itself. It's like they have achieved greatness and there's really nothing else to say they, they have accomplished what they needed to in a way I can't fault some of them for becoming cover artists I think Adam Hughes put something on Instagram or Twitter once that just said look I make about you know two thirds of the money doing just a cover as if I did the cover and then the interior pages you do the math. You figure it out. I, I can't hate on him for doing that. I can't either. Um, I, I don't know how... Like, for me, when I think about doing a full comic book, interiors and everything, I think, what a daunting task that is. What a, what a difficult thing. But these guys, they do it. They've done it. They're much better artists than me. They can draw a lot better. Is it easier for them? Is it is it less of an intimidating venture than it is for me? I got. I bet it. it's not intimidating. It's just a lot of work. It probably is. But Every piece of work is an intimidating venture for you, or else you would do more. <laughs> That's true. Um, I had some ideas on the next things that I want to draw today. Actually, I'm, I'll share them with you after the podcast. Share them with preview all the preview. all the new fans. They they want to hear a little a little tidbit a little snippet. I've, I've been inspired by some horror things lately. Uh, it goes back to the We're Steel City. We're horror fans Con. on this show, yeah. so this isn't surprising. This goes back to the Steel City Con, 
uh, when I bought an Evil Dead t-shirt. Evil Dead's one of my You're favorite movies. You're wearing a Friday the 13th t-shirt currently. I'm wearing a Friday currently. the 13th t-shirt. <laughs> Dork. I... What's your t-shirt there, Paul? Oh, mine's... Yeah, explain that. <laughs> my t-shirt's a niche. Little niche. We don't need to get into that. Let's get into it so, for just a second. Just to make sure that everybody knows how crazy you and myself are. It's called the Hot Chick Hockey League. Ian and I made it up. We've got teams of celebrity hot chicks that play games against each other based on who we think is sexier. Fantasy sports with celebrities. I went out of my way and made a t-shirt for my own team. Let's see. The Mexico City Chi-Chi's Grande. Let's get back to Matt's artwork. So I was thinking about doing um, like some horror-related type things, uh, and I want to start with um, with Evil Dead, um, but I want to do some buttons uh, with horror characters like um, Jason, Freddy, Alien. I think would be a really cool one. I never adjusted to bumping Alien into the horror genre. Well, isn't that where it started? No. Yeah, I get Alien and Predator, blah, blah, blah. But, like, they always just felt like sci-fi action to me, not horror movies. Well, Aliens is sci-fi action, but I've never seen Alien 1. I understand. Alien is a horror movie on a spaceship. I've never seen the original Alien. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I want to, and I'm going to. That's akin to me not seeing Jaws. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. Alien? Paul doesn't agree. I think Jaws is is a harsher offense, yeah. It, I disagree. I think that Alien, especially if you're a horror guy... I, I am a horror guy, um, but, I mean, no, Jaws is, like, super mainstream. That was the first blockbuster. That was, That's what, like, a real summer, like, blockbuster movie is. That was never Alien. Much like... Jaws, like, Jaws is... I don't feel like Jaws is a horror movie either. I feel like Jaws transcended that. Jaws is a film Jaws, Alien, the whole Alien franchise is still like they're sci-fi movies. You know what, Paul? I don't know. I think you can make a really strong argument that Jaws is a horror film. Well, yeah, you can, but I think Jaws has transcended that. It. I think Spielberg said that it's a it's a pirate movie, and I was like, well, I don't know about that. But that's weirder than saying it's transcended horror movie status. Yeah, well. Aliens, a super popular movie that almost everybody's seen. It shocks me that you haven't seen it, Matt. It shocks me that I haven't seen it as well, but to compare Alien to Jaws, like Jaws was a cultural phenomenon. Alien was not. I win. Still, <laughs> what have you been reading? Still, still a super... I was reading Star Wars. I think we talked about it. It was great. Nothing else, Pouty McPowerson? I read Star Wars. That's what I was going to talk about. We had a great conversation about it. That's all I got. You didn't read anything else? Nothing? Nothing that I want to uh, go into. Well, just give us, a, give us a snippet. I've, I read Star what Wars. Else? That's what I... It's one other book. you got to pick something else. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it was a kid's book. I don't care if it was Got Your Nose that Matt had at the con. This I read Got Your Nose that Matt had at the Did con. Did you read it? I what did it read about? it. It was about. It looked like it looked like some demon child steals it, another demon child's nose. That's that's kind of what, what it was, and like literally not just 
fun finger game. No, it was but, a, like your you your nose is gone. He pulled his nose off his face. Right. Yeah, and no then blood or anything. and then yeah. stuck it into like trash cans and donkey poop and like really weird things. So could it borders on not being a children's book. Could the noseless demon child still smell? Is that why he, that was happening? He could, so it was horrible. If somebody took your nose off your face, but you still had the effect of that, right. it'd but be terrible. But that wouldn't work. Uh, you know, use your imagination. I'm sure you can do that. So that's what I read. Took your fucking nose by, uh, you know, that guy. I think it's Got Your Nose by Ragnar. Ah, there you go. Oh, is that who, is that who the artist was? Yeah, that's why I have the book. I'm upset that we're at this point with Jaws that you're not going to want to watch it. No, or I totally you're don't. you watch it and purposefully dislike it. I will not. I think I will not watch it now because there's too much hype and too much pressure from you two idiots. So I we're think I'm done. Pressuring. We haven't talked about Jaws and you watching it for a long time. Uh, I never bring it up. I don't. Well, I well unless that's what Where's... Matt was saying when he spilled coffee on his nuts. <laughs> I think I talked to him this weekend about watching Jaws. I was like, it's going to live up to the hype. It's that good. I don't know. I've heard a lot of... The thing that I've heard that I might do is read the book, then watch the movie. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That. I don't think you should do that. I don't think you should do that either. I probably I, will do neither, and I advise, I've gone this far. I don't give a shit. I advise, I like to swim. Fuck that movie. That has nothing to do with swimming. Fuck Jaws. I don't even That's think what it's I'm a saying. horror movie. Like it's, 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 it's I, I just don't care the team anymore. To get it, like it's not, it's not horror to me. It's drama. It's just with great. a giant. Shrimp. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's not going to hold up, so I'd prefer here's, just not to. Here's see how it. this is going to go down. It's not going to hold up. Ian's going to watch it, and then he's going to come back and report to us, and he'll go. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. No, Ian's just not going to watch it. I said, if you watch it, if ever comes the day you just happen to catch the beginning of it, your report will be. It was okay. It was good. Pretty good. Nope. I'm gonna take you to the theater when it's playing. I'm gonna chloroform your face and I'm gonna kidnap you and we're gonna go see this movie. You know what? You know what movie I saw a good bit of this weekend that kinda that made me think that I I like this movie more than I thought? Okay. Princess Bride. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah, I thought so too. Until I was watching it again this weekend, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I do like this movie anymore." That. Well, I know it's the unpopular opinion. No, that's okay. Um, but that that sounds like um, this sounds like the start of a long conversation. <laughs> Should we table it for next week? We can table it for Let's another table time. Table the Princess Bride conversation. Or we can we can talk about movies we should like but we don't. <laughs> that could be one of our episodes. Right. That's gonna do it for this week. Uh, thanks to all the new listeners who tuned in for tonight's episode. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're really happy that West Virginia PopCon had us. We're happy to meet everyone down there. Uh, thanks for tuning in. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time.